Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. I was having trouble getting this little ribbon to go in the right way, and I was getting worried about it. And he said, do not worry. And I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be okay. Isn't it amazing, those reminders that we get along the way? Um, I'm going to give you a couple of reminders before we get into worry. One of the things I spoke about families coming into the church, want to be sure you also know about we are offering a couple of groups at 4.30 on Wednesday afternoons before our free meal and worship that we have through Community Care Night. Those groups at 4.30 are aging faithfully as well as caregiver support groups. And they're in E109 and E110 across from the worship center. Just want to make sure that's on your radar. Another thing um, for those, we, we read through the Bible last August until May. It was a whirlwind experience. And we know this But what is the significance of Scripture, of us being in the Bible daily, routinely reading Scripture? And so we didn't stop providing reading plans at the end of May. It is something we do with every series that we have. So September's is ready to go, though the reading will start after next week's sermon. You can pick those up as you exit, or um, you can get them online on our website. These readings go along with our sermon series. Next week we are focused on why rest and then the rest of September is why God. We're answering the question why God. Throughout this year from August until May our focus is asking why questions. This month we are asking the question why worry. I want to also remind you that this area is available on Monday through Fridays from noon until 1230 for prayer, meditation, um, through scripture. If you want to sit here and read your scripture while you're in here, that this space is available. It is, we, we believe in the power of prayer and we believe in the power of scripture. And we don't just say that, we hopefully equip um, ourselves to be able to do that. So wanted to be sure those were on your radar. But we have been talking about why worry. We've talked about why worry about time, why worry about money. And today we're going to talk about why worry, why worry about relationships. So I want you to think about something. And I'm going to pause for just a minute and there's going to be quiet. And it's not because I don't know what to do next. I just want you to think for a moment. Think about what relationships you are in. Now I want you to think about how worry plays a role in those relationships. What do you worry about connected to relationships you have?
how we respond to worry in our relationships varies. For some of us, we're fixers, or we could even say codependent, where we're like, well, I've got it all figured out, and I'm going to, I don't know if you've ever used this term, I'm going to help you. So, oh, laughter is a sign of understanding. We have some helpers in the room that we're going to help our relationships and we're going to maybe try to control them. But it oftentimes comes out as looking, we, we communicate, we're helping. For some of us, we just ignore that there are things going on in our relationship. If I don't acknowledge it's happening, then what? It's not happening. For others of us, we maybe manipulate our relationships. When we get worried, we try to figure out how to fix our relationships. Now, let's start at the basics. We are all created for relationship. You maybe you've heard it this is described as two-pronged. We're created for this vertical relationship with God, and horizontally, we are created with relationship with others. It's in Scripture, God created us for each other. Now, I love how, I don't know if y'all do this, but there's some of us who go around going, I'm introverted. I don't really like spending time with people. And introverted and extroverted, like there's realities to that. But whether you get fed all the time by being with people, and then there's extroverts who love the socialization and being in relationships. It appears more than introverts, but that's not an exclusive thing because we have all been created for relationship with God and with each other. And what we're going to talk about today is how reducing our worry about relationships has far less to do with the other person and is so much more to do with us. In other words, if you think I'm going to outline five ways to help your relationships by fixing other people, that's not what this is going to be about. This is going to be about us thinking about ourselves and not in the self-centered, it's not the opposite, not that I'm going to focus on you, but you do everything I want you to do, then we're good too. That's not what we're talking about. We're going to look at a scripture that's probably familiar to many of us, whether we are um, spent time as kids in Christianity or came to it later or we're not really sure where we are today. It doesn't matter, but this may be familiar. And it's from Matthew 7, verse, verse 12, just one verse. So in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Let us pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you did create us for relationship with you and with others. And may today we hear what it is you need us to hear. Because you know what needs to be heard, what needs to be said. Speak through me to me in despite of me in your holy name. Amen. So that reading, we know that as the what? The, thank you, thank you. 
Very good. The golden rule. And the golden rule is not something special that only Christians know. It is found, obviously, in um, the Old Testament and loving others, um, love our neighbors. So Judaism has it. Other religions have this philosophy of treating others nicely. It's not isolated to Christianity. Yet for Christians, we are reading it and hoping to live it out by far more than just, I'm just a good person and I'm going to treat you well, that it is rooted in our belief that we are gods, that God loves us and we are to live out of that. You see, the golden rule is not cliche, rather it is a life guiding tool in our relationships. Now, where we find this one verse is significant. It's in the book of Matthew. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. It is when Jesus went up on a mountain, parallels Moses. He sits down, not because he was resting, but that is the position that a teacher takes in the Jewish tradition, a rabbi sits. He sits down with his disciples, with his followers, And he outlines for them, and he outlines for us, those core things that we need to know and that we need to do as we live following Jesus. Now, the interesting thing is what he shares with us are not necessarily what the world tells us. And in fact, in a lot of ways, it counters what the world says. Remember, Here are a couple of the upside down things that Jesus says in Sermon on the Mount. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. We don't necessarily see that. He talks about, you know, you heard do not murder as we know in the Ten Commandments, but he says, this whole anger thing, you've got to watch that too. Do not commit adultery. Uh, There's the lusting part. He takes it to another level and it is challenging for us in in the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about giving to the needy and praying and fasting and how we don't do these things in public. And then towards the end of Matthew 6, we see him talk about how the birds don't worry. We don't need to worry. It doesn't add anything. It doesn't add a day to our life. He also speaks about not judging. And he ends the Sermon on the Mount with that verse. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to use. He sums all that up and says, we need to treat others the way we want to be treated. And it's rooted in this deep tradition. In Leviticus 19.18, we see that it says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone. All right, everybody take a moment and think about that. Anybody you're seeking revenge or bearing a grudge against? We're to love our neighbor as ourself. 
we see Jesus show this more, talk about this more through the story where he talks about the good Samaritan and that we're to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. When asked the greatest commandment, it's love God and love yourself. Because if we do these, loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves, then we take care of all of that. We take care of how we are treating others. And what does that mean about worry in our relationship? Is this one of your time, those times where you're like, that sounds really good. What does that mean, boots on the ground, Brooke, about worrying in my relationships? And we're going to talk about a couple of key things that loving others how we want to be loved, like what that is about. And the first one is this. Loving others the way we desire to be loved is about being right-sized. We live in a super-sized world, correct? Has anyone been to a drive-thru recently and they say, do you, what size drink do you want, medium or large? And I always go through this, do I want medium or large? Because I don't want extra large. And I order medium and it comes about this big. And I'm like, thank goodness I didn't get large. I don't know how I'd have gotten it through the window. We live in a society that is about being bigger than and better than. Yet in our relationships, being right-sized is important. Now, our relationships do have some hierarchy in them. As parents, there's authority. As a supervisor in a work setting, there is authority. Yet, being able to look at our relationships from a perspective of not being superior or inferior. Because oftentimes, we can look in our relationships from those two perspectives. Either we're the one with the power or we're the one that has no power. Yet in our relationships, in a relationship built on loving as we are loved, treating others the way we want to be treated, it is much more about being right-sized. And in the midst of that is humility. Not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less, as C.S. Lewis describes it. So in loving others is the way we want to be loved. Being able to be right-sized. Not better than, not less than, but one of. In that position, in that posture of humility, we have a better sense of how to love others the way that we are loved. Loving others the way we desire to be loved is an internal God rather than an external demand. I don't know about in your relationships, but the truth be known, we set demands and expectations on each other. Of We demand in our relationships that people be a certain way. And in that, worry comes out of that. Yet, if we live in a way that loving others as we love ourselves is an internal guide and just not a demand that we put, it's a fascinating thing. Uh, when I was in seminary, there was a class that I waited to take. 
And it wasn't that I wasn't incredibly interested in it. It just didn't feel like it was one of those classes I needed immediately. There, I was in full-time ministry and there felt like, like taking a class on preaching seems like maybe an important thing to do or inductive Bible study. But one of the required classes for the Masters of Divinity was a world religions class. And I so appreciated once I got in the class, how it was set up, what the purpose of it was, what the, how the curriculum was working. And it was to prepare us for engaging with folks from other religions and to be able to do that as informed people, not with biases one way or the other. And one of the assignments that we had out of that class is we had to choose one of the major religions. We had to attend a service in that religion, in that faith. And then we had to interview someone from that religion. And I chose Judaism and it was incredibly insightful. There, the service that I attended was a Shabbat service that takes place on Friday evenings uh, leading into the Sabbath. It was incredibly powerful. Now, it was a lot in Hebrew and I did not understand everything that was being spoken. But yet I left that service centered and focused on resting for the Sabbath. I got to interview, it was a synagogue, a local synagogue that I attended it actually by Zoom because it was in fall of 2020. But I got to interview the rabbi at the synagogue. And I love talking to him. I could have talked to him for hours because what I felt like I was doing was I was learning about the roots of Christianity, something that we tend to to not spend as much time. And I asked the rabbi this question because this sounds like a question you would ask if you're writing a paper about another religion. I asked about the core tenets of Judaism. And without hesitation, he stated, loving God and loving neighbor. Just like it is internally how he sees God, how he sees his role in sharing God. It's loving God and loving others. And I'm fascinated by that concept because of this. If we were to ask core tenets of Christianity, if we were to ask it of this group in this room, would we be focused on the core tenets of what it means to follow Jesus? Or would we be out and about in different ways? He said, the law is pretty clear that loving your neighbor as yourself is foundational idea of the Torah. It wasn't something that he was like, I got to look at a cheat sheet. What are, what are the core tenets? It's a part of who he is. And when we think of that loving others as we love ourselves, being a core part of who we are, that it is an internal guide, not an external demand, things shift. And we begin in our relationships to treat each other differently. Loving others, it says in the scripture, in everything. It doesn't denote these exceptions, you know, you're to love everyone as yourself except for all these exceptions over here. It's in everything. And that's about our similarities rather than our differences. Well, let's be honest. 
we sure do spend a lot of time in our differences. Within the United Methodist Church, we have the traditionalists, the centrists, and the progressives. And it feels like you've got to choose a side, and if it's not one of the others, then you're enemies. That's about our differences and rather than our similarities. That's not about loving each other. In a political world in our country, it's about Republican or Democrat or some form. And if you're not what I am, then we focus on our differences rather than on our similarities. We do that whether you're a Tennessee fan or you're not. We're getting ready to see that play out, right? My Appalachian State Mountaineers are playing on Saturday my biggest foe, the Tar Heels. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be some focus on the differences on Saturday for me. But we focus so much on our differences that we forget the similarities that we are God's children. We're God's sons and daughters. And he loves us so much that he came to be with us through Jesus Christ, the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. And that's transformational. And that doesn't matter where you fall on some continuum of political beliefs. It's far greater than that. And our worry can be based on our differences rather than our similarities in who we are in the name of Jesus. Scott McKnight has a book, a commentary on Sermon on the Mount. And if you're someone who likes books, I recommend this commentary. Every time I dig into it, I'm like, wow, there's nuggets that I pull out. And one of the nuggets I pulled out this time was he challenges us that we have to ask a question. We need to ask how do I want to be treated? Because that's the crux of Matthew 7, 12, is we're to treat others the way we want to be treated. And what he says is that it taps into empathy. You know, if I'm not so ready to argue with you about our differences and that I can see you and you can see me, it's just another human being trying to live in this world and that we're living out of loving others. How do you want to be treated? How do I want to be treated? I have a good friend that we get to go hiking every month or two months. Not nearly enough. I'd love to go weekly. But anyways, that's not the point of this sermon. But we went hiking on Friday. And one of the things, if I'm preaching on that Sunday, she'll say, try the sermon out on me. Let me see. And so we do this conversation and it's really helpful. And so I was telling her about the, this, this concept of thinking about how we want to be treated and then treating others that way. And she was like, I don't really think it's that way. I think we need to ask others how they want to be treated and we treat them that way. And it was much more of this specific, what our needs are, what we, per it was almost more preferences. So I said, okay, so how do you want to be treated? And she said, I want to be treated with kindness and respect and thoughtfulness. And you know, that, that transcends position. It transcends politics and position. It, it's just, I want to be treated with respect and kindness and thoughtfulness. And I said, well, I want to be treated with grace, love, and honesty. And she said, oh, I don't want that honesty piece. 
she said, just flatter me. I'm going to be okay. Just don't try the honesty part. <laughs> I think she was honest about that too. But anyways, um, one of the gifts of that conversation is... I don't worry about that relationship in my life. But by us having the conversation, it begins to help us understand how to interact with each other. So I encourage you over the week and the weeks to come to have conversations within your relationship and talk about this concept of loving others the way we want to be loved. How do we want to be treated? Because if we're having this conversation, it helps to decrease worry. So when we ask the question, why worry about relationships? The answer is found in Jesus' words and actions. As he tells us in everything, whether there are differences or not, that we stick with the similarities that are rooted in who God is and who we are through God, that we are to act in a way that is right-sized through humility, and that we are to ask the question about how do I want to be treated? Because Jesus says in everything, Love others the way we want to be loved. Love God, love others. It's core to who we are, not just what we believe, but how we choose to act and live within relationships. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.